The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You're listening to Red Leg Nation Radio, the official podcast of redlegnation.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to yet another edition of Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 72. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. Thanks for joining us again today. It's been a while. We've been on hiatus for a while. And, you know, at the end of the last season, uh, I'm going to admit it, I was pretty uh, bummed out by the way the year ended with the Reds losing three in a row to get dropped out of the National League Division Series. I'm not going to talk about that today. It's still too painful to discuss. Um, But we are going to try to get back on the horse here with the Red Leg Nation Radio. And, um, you know, We've enjoyed doing these podcasts. Matter of fact, it's been about the most enjoyable thing that I've done at RedLegNation.com. We've had some great uh, guests. Uh, Chris Welsh, a Reds broadcaster, has joined us a few times. Tom Browning. We've had Devin Mesoraco on with us. Um, and, of course, I always enjoy our, my conversations with uh, Bill Lack, who gets to join us uh, often as we discuss everything going on around the Cincinnati Reds. We're also going to try to, so that we can uh, be, I guess, be more regular with this, there are going to be times when it's just going to be me uh, or some of the other editors of RedLegNation.com. You will get to listen to my ill-informed musings about the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, when there's a couple things to say, when there's just something we want to talk about, um, I'm going to, going to put a podcast up. So uh, hope you enjoy. And if you don't, I don't want to hear about it. Uh, if you do enjoy it, feel free to email me. I'll give you that email later. If you don't, come on, keep it to yourself. Really, I don't need to know. Um, no, a constructive criticism is welcome. Let me uh, start by talking about what's uh, going on with the Reds. You know, the winter meetings are starting, um, and uh, they're in Nashville, Tennessee, at the Opryland Hotel. I was there for a conference. Gosh, this has been three or four months ago. That's a beautiful facility. Uh, wish I were there now, actually, seeing what's going on um, with the Reds, with uh, the Major League Baseball trade market as the, uh, as the winter meetings get going there. Walt Jockety's got some spots where he really needs to upgrade, and there's been some discussion over the last couple of weeks. We're going to talk about some of that today. First area that he's probably looking to upgrade here, obviously, everyone, that's all we hear. We need a leadoff hitter. We need to fix this outfield. And, you know, there's no question that Jockety needs to be looking into what he can do to upgrade. Certainly the Reds need a better leadoff hitter. They had no leadoff hitter this year, frankly. Zach Cozart hit there most of the year, and his, uh, I'm, a, I'm a Zach Cozart fan. Um, the guy can, can play at shortstop, and he hits well enough to survive as a shortstop in the major leagues, but, you know, he's miscast as a leadoff hitter with an on-base percentage below 300. <laughs> Not exactly the ideal guy at the top of the lineup. So there's some talk about what the Reds are going to do. Talk recently has centered uh, amongst a couple of names, uh, there, in the last week or two, we've heard reports that the Reds are among the suitors for Shane Victorino. I, I don't mind uh, Victorino. I think he'd be okay 
uh, with the Reds. I think he would improve the Reds, frankly. Uh, you might remember that uh, just before the trade deadline in 2012, back in July, there were reports that uh, the Reds had a trade to get Shane Victorino in which they were supposed to send Logan Andrusek to the Phillies. Now, <laughs> I'm still baffled uh, as to how the Reds could turn down that uh, trade opportunity if it were, in fact, on the table, you know. Uh, you, d you don't know if that's a fact. Let's give Walt Jockey the benefit of the doubt here. But it seems like a Logan Andrusek uh, for Shane Victorino trade would have been a, a no-brainer, frankly. Victorino is just going to be 32 years old next year. He did have a pretty poor 2012. Let's not deny that. Um, but those numbers were really way off his career norms. And, and I, I don't know. I, just, I feel like Victorino is not quite finished. His fielding remains good. The guy still gets on base. And, you know, last year he had an off year, but still posted a 3.3 uh, war, WAR. And uh, that, compared to Drew Stubbs' 1.3, well, you know, if Victorino bounces back just a little bit, he'll be a lot better than what we saw offensively from Stubbs. His fielding's not going to be as good as Stubbs's, but, but Victorino's fielding is good. I don't know if there's that... Those reports are serious. The Reds are still uh, in the mix there, but they're reported to be kicking the tires, at least. Um, more recently, there has been some speculation regarding Dexter Fowler from the uh, Colorado Rockies. Now, Fowler, he's a decent player. Um, I don't uh, dislike Dexter Fowler. Uh, a lot of the speculation there seems to be just in the fact that he's possibly available and that the Reds, he seems like he'd be a good fit, uh, according to the people that have uh, those ink-stained fingers in the, uh, in the press. And also, there's speculation that the Rockies really are coveting Homer Bailey. And so, some people are putting two and two together. I don't think that a Homer Bailey for Dexter Fowler trade is really something that's imminent. I would hope not. I don't mind trading Homer Bailey in the right deal. This is not the right deal. Uh, Dexter Fowler, I think, people look at what he hit last year. 300, 389 on base percentage, 474 slugging percentage. Hey, you know, 26 years old, that does sound pretty good. But, gosh, if you really look and dig into the numbers a little bit, I'm not quite sure Fowler's much of an upgrade over Drew Stubbs. I think he probably is a slight upgrade. But you look at uh, Fowler's career numbers outside of course field. Um, 248 batting average, you know, his OPS below 700. Um, he's he's fast. I don't know how his fielding is. I can't imagine his fielding is as good as Drew Stubbs just because I'm, I'm continually amazed at how good Drew Stubbs is with the glove. But uh, over the last three seasons, despite his speed, uh, as noted in an article at RedLegNation.com by our buddy Steve uh, Mancuso, Fowler's stolen 37 bases, but been caught 21 times. I mean, that's uh, that's about the percentage I would have if I tried to uh, steal bases in the major leagues. I'm deceptively quick, though. Don't let anyone tell you any different. So, you know, Stubbs, uh, frankly, over his past three seasons, his numbers aren't that far off what Fowler's are when you look at his numbers away from Coors Field in Colorado. You, know, you got to discount those numbers in Colorado somewhat. So I think if you look at it, 26 years old, yeah, he's probably better than Drew Stubbs. 
is he enough better than Drew Stubbs? Is it enough of an upgrade to justify giving up a guy like uh, Homer Bailey or, you know, John Fay in the Inquirer speculated having to give up Daniel Corsino or Tony Singrani, which are the two best pitching prospects in the in the organization, frankly. Giving up one, one or both of those as part of a package. I'm just not sure. It, it seems like a marginal upgrade. It, it is probably an upgrade, but it's marginal at best, and I'm not sure it's worth giving up any of those names that have been sort of tossed out for Dexter Fowler. Uh, good player. Mm, I think that if the Reds are going to trade somebody like that, they probably ought to get someone that's uh, more of an upgrade over Drew Stubbs. Strub, Stubbs has been not good. I mean, let's not let's not fool ourselves. He's gotten worse every year, and I don't know how to explain that uh, at a time when he should have been improving. Stubbs has been a big disappointment to me. Um, I remain a fan of, of Drew Stubbs. He plays elite defense. He runs bases well. He just needs to be hitting eighth in the lineup in order to help a team. When you have him hitting first or second, uh, the problems he causes – uh, are much more evident to the eye, and uh, the things that he does well, I guess, are, you don't see them as much uh, as you see those 0 for 4 with three strikeouts in the uh, everyday box score. So I just don't, uh, you know, I don't want to give up on Stubbs, I guess is what I'm saying. But I think the Reds are about at the point where they just about have to, and I can't hardly fault the Reds based upon what Stubbs has uh, produced. I can't fault them for giving up on him. I did see uh, a guy that uh, writes for Fangraphs.com speculate that the Yankees ought to look uh, into acquiring Drew Stubbs. Um, and I thought, well, that's a little strange. And, and basically the reasoning was, well, there's probably no better buy-low candidate than Drew Stubbs. Um, you know, l- very low risk, I guess, for somebody that it wouldn't cost you much to get him at this point because his value has never been less. And, you know, if he can get back to uh, flashing the talent that some of us had seen uh, in the minors and in his early major league career, could be a steal. So I don't know. Uh, it's a the the whole Drew Stubbs thing is going to take a, another podcast of an hour or two just to discuss that whole situation because I just don't understand what's going on with with Stubbs in his career so far. Doesn't make any sense to me. He should be better at this point. He's not improved. Uh, I don't know what the reasons. I'm not going to speculate. So those are some of the options that are being tossed about. Obviously, you know. Um, Finding a player to play left field is as big or bigger uh, an issue as getting a, a leadoff hitter. And, of course, those could be combined if you could find a left fielder who could uh, lead off. And, uh, you know, Shane Victorino maybe could play left field as well. Uh, we talked about him a moment ago. Are the Reds going to re-sign Ryan Ludwig, I guess, is the big question with respect to the left field situation. Ludwig, of course, is, uh, you know, he had, a, he had a season that no one could have seen coming last year a legitimately good season for the Reds uh, he was a leader on the team he was just a, a it was a good guy to have around I had questioned the signing and he ended up paying off in spades kudos to Walt Jockety uh, for that one of course as is his right because he had such a good year Ludwig opted out uh, of the option year in his contract and of course now the Reds in order to re-sign him are going to have to pony up I imagine that there will be a number of uh, teams that are willing to give him a, a contract. He's not going to get a real long-term contract after a couple of years really struggling before coming to Cincinnati. One year, he's probably not going to get a four-year deal from anyone. But I would expect a, a two-year deal, and I expect the Reds to be among the top suitors in, in that uh, race. But 
don't really know how to speculate on that one. If I had to guess, I'd say Ludwig will come back and play left field, which means they still need a, a leadoff hitter. But I don't know. Don't know what to say. Uh, Denard Spann was a guy that the Reds had talked about getting uh, for center field. Uh, B.J. Upton was another guy they talked about getting. Those guys are off the table now. Washington Nationals grabbed Spann and, and uh, Hotlanta signed B.J. Upton to a what I consider really a sort of an absurd $75 million contract uh, for Upton. So those are those are those are where we are. If it, if it were up to me, I think I probably would. Uh, if I could wave my magic wand and, and and make it happen, I'd take Victorino in center field. Or even if we didn't get uh, Victorino in center field, uh, I'd leave Stubbs there and give me Shin Su Chu from the Indians as a left fielder. I mean that guy is terribly underrated. Um, I'd love to see him patrolling left field for the Cincinnati Reds. So all that's just speculation. Those are things, though, that we're going to be looking at as we approach spring training, which really is only a couple months away. We're really getting there uh, when pitchers and catchers start to report. So will something happen this week at the winter meetings, the GM meetings? I, I don't know. Maybe. If <laughs> I hope that uh, something happens to improve the club. There aren't very many options out there that I see that are going to be easy additions to improve the club. Uh, and when I say easy ad- additions, I mean uh, something difficult is going to be Walt working out some kind of crazy uh, blockbuster trade. Uh, and, and I would not be surprised to see some type of a trade over the offseason. I think that uh, I think that Jockety could get creative here. Uh, he's got a little bit of depth to deal from. Uh, they're still in sort of a win-now situation. I think they realize they have to improve in some areas. And he's got to get it done. Now's the time. One way that I think the Reds are going to be improved, which really most people would be surprised to believe they could improve much, is going to be in the starting rotation. You know, the start, Reds starting pitching were top two starting staffs in the National League last year. I mean, they're really just outstanding. And a lot of that was based upon uh, extremely good health. Breakout years by Johnny Cueto, and uh, although he was a little bit up and down in the end, Homer Bailey ended up having a good year. And then, of course, Bronson Arroyo making a big comeback and having another good year. This year, they're going to have a new starting pitcher in that rotation, it appears. Oh, man, where's the button to make a drum roll uh, appear on this podcast? Good grief. Araldus Chapman. Thank you. Finally. Two years too late. Looks like they're going to give Araldus Chapman a real opportunity to be a starting pitcher on this team. And what precipitated that really was the Reds have signed, uh, re-signed Jonathan Broxton. Now, I defended the Broxton trade at the trade deadline when they grabbed him from Kansas City. I thought I thought it, it helped the Reds, maybe just marginally, but it did help the Reds uh, overall in their push for the playoffs. So I defended it. And, uh, you know, I like Broxton. I like what I saw out of him when he was with Cincinnati, a very small sample size, but but uh, he seemed like a good guy. Um, I don't have any problem with Jonathan Broxman at Cincinnati Red. Three years, though, three years and $21 million, there are very few relievers in the world that I would give three years to. Uh, Jonathan Broxton of 2009, you know, I might have considered it. Jonathan Broxton of 2012, 2013, uh, I don't know, three years, $21 million? Seems like a lot. Not my money, I guess, but just seems like a, 
not the money even as much as the number of years. Uh, plus, of course, there's a club option for that fourth year. Um, and, of course, if it gets to the point where the Reds were thinking about exercising that club option, that probably means that the deal has worked out pretty well in the first uh, three years. So I'm not going to worry about that. But um, oh, I just don't understand three years. That seems like a lot for a guy that whose uh, velocity has dropped, his uh, strikeout percentage has dropped from the days when he was one of the most dominant closers in the, uh, in the world, really. He had some really good years for Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, but his control did look uh, decent last year. His numbers weren't bad, just that strikeout rate dropped so much. You know, the, on the other hand, though, the guy's just 28. So who knows? You know, maybe, maybe they, well, I, I say, started to say maybe the Reds know something I don't. I guarantee the Reds know something I don't. Uh, I just hope they're right in their analysis here and that uh, having Jonathan Broxton around for three years purportedly as the closer is going to be worth it. Frankly, if it's up to me, I'd have Broxton as my setup guy, the eighth inning guy again, and give Sean Marshall the closer's job again. Uh, Sean Marshall criminally underrated, but not just by you know, people outside the organization, but by Reds fans uh, in general. Sean Marshall is just uh, so much better than anyone gives me credit for. Love having Sean Marshall on the team. So we're talking about a new closer for the upcoming year. Ryan Madsen, of course, last year's supposed closer is gone to the Angels now. And it looks like it's Broxton or Marshall at the back of the bullpen. So Araldus Chapman, the Cuban missile, no longer going to be closing. Very exciting news. Very exciting news. Chapman, of course, you would think would slot right into the rotation. Um, if I had to name my five starters today based upon who they have, It'd be Johnny Cueto, uh, Matt Latos, Aroldis Chapman, Humber Bailey, and then probably Bronson Arroyo based upon the strength of his season last year and uh, and the fact that he's Bronson Arroyo and he has that uh, high leg kick and uh, the long hair and he plays a guitar. That's enough to give him the fifth spot in the rotation, right? Yeah, I thought so. Um, that leaves Mike Leake out of the, out of the conversation. Another reason Bronson Arroyo, uh, I'm putting him in that starting five right now is because, let's be honest, Dusty Baker is the manager of this team. Dusty Baker is going to put Bronson Arroyo in the rotation. Uh, it's just the way it works in baseball. Not not pinning that on Dusty Baker necessarily because there's a lot of managers that would do that exact same thing, put uh, Bronson Arroyo in the rotation. He's been there for a while. He's been, I guess, he's the longest-serving Red at this point out of the current Reds. And he's had a good Reds career. Uh, he's my favorite player, let's be honest. But uh, not that that should play into it, but I guess if Dusty Baker needed a tiebreaker, picking the guy that's my favorite player is as good a reason as any to put Bronson Roy in there. I'll make sure to give Dusty a call and put in a good word. So it leaves Mike Leak out, probably. And Leak, I don't know what to make a Leak either. He, uh, he took a step backwards last year. Um, I thought that it would be the year that he took a step forward. And for most of the season, he and Homer Bailey were kind of uh, neck and neck in terms of who was having a better year. And, and Homer Bailey obviously finished the year strong, pitched a no-hitter in, in that last month. Uh, Mike Leake, the opposite, uh, finished the year very poorly. Uh, wouldn't even have been on the postseason roster if Johnny Cueto hadn't gotten hurt in game one of, oh, wait a minute, never mind. I said I wasn't going to talk about the playoffs again. My head just started hurting. So Chapman's in the rotation. I think that he there's every reason to believe that he can be as good as Cueto and Latos. 
I think that is a top three in the rotation that is as good as anyone is going to have around the league. I really truly believe that. Um, I guess reasonable minds can differ. I think the difference is going to be Chapman trying to get his innings up because while the Reds should have made him a starting pitcher two years ago and they could have been increasing his innings year by year, since then they're starting it now which means that he's going to be on an innings limit, and Brian Price, the Reds pitching coach, has acknowledged as much. And its I'd say they'll be pretty strict about it. I'd be very surprised if they were so strict as to get into the same situation that the Nationals did last year uh, when they sort of bungled the Steven Strasburg uh, innings limit so that he was, wasn't able to pitch in October. They could have uh, been creative, as I say, which by which I mean they could have started him once a week. They could have started him just in home games. They could have done something to where he wouldn't be starting as often and kept that innings limit down, yet he still would have been available come October. We're all certainly hoping that the Reds are going to be still a player in October. See no reason they won't be. Um, they should have the, uh, have the team to do it again. Matter of fact, I think the rotation has a chance to be even better, if, if you can believe that. Uh, the bullpen, probably, obviously with Chapman not there, the bullpen's not going to be as good. But the bullpen should be good again. You never know with the Major League bullpen. And, of course, I would hope the Reds can upgrade offensively. So uh, how excited are you for Aroldis Chapman in the rotation? A lot of you are not excited, I know, from what you tell me on Twitter, from what uh, you say in the comments at RedLegNation.com. I understand. Chapman, as a closer, I loved him. He was dominant. He brought uh, an energy to the park when he came in the game that we just did not see from anyone. Uh, we've never, probably never seen, really, in Cincinnati. This guy's a, he's a unique player. But I will take uh, you know, 150, 200 innings of Araldis Chapman as a starter over 40, 50 innings as a reliever any day. I think it's, an, I think it's a no-brainer. So very exciting. What are they going to do with Michael Leake? Or will they trade Homer Bailey? That's another thing. You know, last year we had five starters who didn't miss a start, basically. They're what Todd Redmond did get a start in the middle of the season because they had this doubleheader that was sort of thrown in there because of rain, uh, rain out. Um, but none of them got hurt until Cueto got hurt with one out in the first inning of the playoffs. <sighs> yeah. But during the regular season, none of them got hurt. And that's not going to happen, first of all, next year. It's unreasonable to expect that. So Mike Leake is going to get a chance to be in the rotation if he doesn't make the original starting five. At some point, somebody's going to get hurt, and Leake will get his chance. Um, we've also got, you know, I think Tony Singrani, certainly at some point this season, is going to be a viable option uh, for a call-up if someone is, uh, is injured to be a starting uh, pitcher for the Reds. Kid's got a ton of talent, left-handed, um, the Reds had no left-handed starters last year. This year with Chapman, they'll have one. Uh, Singrani is, would be a nice complement to Chapman's uh, big fastball. Singrani, not quite as big a fastball, obviously. No one does, but uh, he's just got different type of stuff. And, and just a great-looking prospect. Big fan of Tony Singrani. Mike Leake, uh, Homer Bailey, when I'm going to get traded, it's possible. You never know. That's... Uh, that's what we're talking about with Walt Jockey having to improve. I think those guys, I don't want to see Homer go, but I think that probably with the way he finished the season, he's got a little bit more value than he had before. I could see him being a part of a trade. I'm not advocating that. I'm the uh, I'm a fully paid member of the Homer Bailey fan club. Don't be surprised if it happens though. Mike Leake, again, he's sort of a sort of a sell low guy right now. You might want to 
have him come back and boost his value by return to form before you trade him. But if the right trade pops up, could see him gone. Uh, and and here's what I'm gonna I'm gonna step out on a limb here. I'm gonna say something just about everyone's gonna disagree with. I want the Reds to trade Billy Hamilton this off season. I'm a fan of Billy Hamilton. He is impressing everybody. He's evidently the fastest guy that ever walked the earth. Um, I can't wait to see if they get him into Great American Ballpark and let him race against a cheetah like they did Billy Bates back in 1990 uh, to see what would happen. Or maybe we could just get him to race uh, Billy Bates, who's uh, what 22 years older now. I'm not quite sure that would be much of a uh, of a race, but it'd be it would harken back to a special season in Reds history. I'd like to see him trade Hamilton, though. This guy, I'm not sure his value is ever going to get higher. And I think he could be a centerpiece of a deal that could really get a piece that's going to help the Reds over the next couple years. Uh, you know, we're talking at least two years before he, Hamilton is ready to play in the majors. Um, he'll probably get a September call-up this year, and then maybe sometime next year he'll be ready. But I don't think he's going to be a real contributor for another couple years. Trade him. Let's get somebody to help us win now. Um, this guy's got value. Everybody loves him around the majors. Uh, they're just dazzled by that speed and what he can create on the base paths. So I'm in fully endorsing the idea of trading Billy Hamilton. You can feel free in the comments uh, at Red Lake Nation to tell me what an idiot I am. It happens every day. Not just, uh, not just on, the, on the blog, but uh, elsewhere in my life. So anyway, those are uh, some of the things that are to look for here in the next little bit. Uh, what's going to go happen with the uh, with Chapman and with the rotation? What's going to happen with the outfield situation? Obviously, the outfield, left field, center field, leadoff hitter situation is, is really the single area to watch during the offseason for the Reds. I'm not sure how they're going to resolve the issues, but it's going to be interesting to find out. That'll be it for today's edition of Red Leg Nation Radio. Appreciate you joining us. Uh, obviously, you can uh, go subscribe on iTunes. Okay, We're going to be regular about this. We're going to start to get these out at least one a week. And uh, go ahead and subscribe so it'll be automatically downloaded. Follow us, uh, twitter.com, at RedLegNation. You can also follow me, at DotsonC, D-O-T-S-O-N-C. And email me. Let me know what you think. Uh, give me your qu- If you have any questions you want to address on future podcasts, let me know, chat at RedLegNation.com. Let me know what you think about the podcast. Uh, any thoughts about what I said? Tell me why you think that Billy Hamilton should uh, never be traded because he's going to retire and be in the Reds Hall of Fame, right? Hey, fine by me if that happens. Uh, I'd love that. I also want to thank uh, our buddy Freak Bass who provided the bumper music that we're using here at the, on the podcast. Big Reds fan, friend of the nation. Uh, you've probably heard that uh, the song "Reds Fan" that gets played at uh, at the ballpark occasionally. That's that's Freak Bass, great guy. Appreciate him uh, letting us use uh, letting us use the music to intro and to go out on Red Leg Nation Radio. Until next time, this is Chad Dotson saying so long. <laughs>